Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 78, recorded on August 21st, 2017. I am your host, Matt Lyons, and on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about Jay Bruce's phenomenal first month of the tribe, the Indians' growing lead in the AL Central, and, unfortunately, some key injuries that happened tonight, actually, including Andrew Miller going a full, I think, one batter and one pitcher against the Red Sox. But before we get into all that, I want to thank everybody listening live now on Facebook or wherever or whenever you may be tuning in. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And consider leaving us a review. Helps us improve, be discovered, all that fun stuff. So joining me to discuss all this and more, of course, is none other than Mr. Jason Lucart. Jason, how are you doing? I'm doing well. You know, it's an exciting day today with uh, an incredibly rare occurrence happening. Of course, I'm referring to Roberto Perez getting an extra base hit. <laughs> wow, that was... That was masterful. <laughs> How long were you planning that? Was it like the second well, I was, you hit it? I was like, wow, an Eclipse and a Roberto Perez <laughs> run in the same day. There's a decent chance that'll never happen again for several reasons. Yeah, no, very good chance. <laughs> I mean, I guess it could, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, he actually had a home run, didn't he? It wasn't just an extra base hit. Yeah. Yeah, second of the season so far, which is good. How dare you mock Roberto first of all? One swing. <laughs> That's how you know you're good, is when you can just double everything like that. Um, so that was one good thing tonight, Brian. Jason. Every day but, but the only good thing tonight. Yes. Here in <laughs> the other bad thing, of course, um, was that Andrew Miller left. He came back. This was his second appearance since an injury, since being off the disabled list. He faced one batter and threw one pitch, and then he was gone. We don't know why yet as of this recording, but we do know that his velocity was kind of way down zach mizell tweeted right afterwards it was like three or four miles per hour lower it wasn't his last outing too but he stayed in the whole time this time he was out um so that that's not good <laughs> i did it does fall into the category of oh no the indians are are rushing people back or this is kind of the thing you think might have just happened uh yeah i mean I don't want to wait. I don't want to guess whether he was rushed back or not. Clearly, something's wrong with him. Um, and you know, the amount of time he was rested and held out, I would guess wasn't enough. I, I, I don't think that means the Indians necessarily missed something they should have caught. Um, but yeah, I mean, he'd be a pretty significant loss. And you know, they've they've recently gotten a lot of other guys back and gotten pretty good news on the. Looks like fairly soon returns to some other guys. We can get into you know a bunch of those names in a little bit. Um, but Miller would be a pretty big loss. I mean, you look at, you think about the the postseason run last year. Uh, you could make a 
pretty decent argument. I, probably Kluber, I guess. But I mean, Miller was second or third most important guy in that postseason run. And uh, I know we're all hoping for a similar run. Uh, and if if Miller's on the shelf or is on the field but not at full capacity, uh, that'd be a pretty significant blow. So I think anytime a guy leaves a game so soon after returning from the DL, that's that's a pretty significant red flag for me. Yeah, as far as ranking them in the playoffs, I don't know if like the one two with Kluber, like you said, but I think it's safe to say they would not have made the World Series without him one way or the other. Like if they yeah. if there's no Andrew Miller dominating the LCS, I don't think they make it. But um apparently he re aggravated the right knee injury that he had. Um it was a knee patellar tendonitis. That was according to Jordan Bashan on Twitter. I guess I don't know, is that better or worse than having a new injury? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. And I mean you know, I, I I guess I would hope it's better news because the thought was, you know, he misses 10 days or whatever he missed, and that didn't quite do it. But hopefully it's not re-aggravating. It's not as bad as it originally was. I, I really think with all of the Indians, and again, this isn't saying that they rushed him back, but I think as long as they keep, like, a multiple-game lead in the division, uh I would, I mean, I would let Miller, I, I would reach the point where you feel like he's ready to come back and then wait like another 10 days just to give him a little extra cushion because uh, the Indians are in very good shape to win the division. And at that point, a healthy roster is going to be, you know, the, the, the most significant factor in how far they can go in the postseason. So, I mean, not just Miller, other guys too, but pitchers, of course, are a higher risk of re-aggravation, I think. So, I'd be pretty cautious with him uh, after tonight and, and just try to get him back, you know, two, three weeks before the end of the regular season would be fine if, you know, there'd still be plenty of time for him to get back up to, you know, full game speed and that sort of stuff. Yeah, I was a little surprised he was even there tonight if his velocity was down in his last outing, too. I mean, he looked fine. I guess he had a walk, but he was still Andrew Miller. But if his velocity was down that far, it's... It was kind of the same thing when Corey Kluber has, had, uh, had his injury that um, uh, Tito Francona came out to visit him on the mound and then he just kind of left him in. And then a batter later he realized, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Took him out. That was kind of worrying. I don't know why that happened. But uh, but yeah, we can talk about Corey Kluber too because he was uh, his last outing was cut short, obviously. he He's on track to start Wednesday and now with this Andrew Miller thing. I know they're not technically related, but I'm a little worried now. I'm, I'm glad he's not missing a start. But like you were just saying, at this point, the Indians are probably going to win the division. So if anybody needs even the slightest amount of rest, I'm probably going to give it to them. Yeah, that's how I feel. I mean, especially with the pitchers. Uh, you know, so that Kluber is supposed to be okay to pitch on Wednesday is encouraging. But, yeah, there's definitely a part of me that's like, ah, maybe just skip this turn anyway. Um, yeah, well, I, kinda... we'll, I mean, but, you know, those are the two big ones. Because those were the two top guys. And, I mean, I think Cody Allen was, was almost as important as, as Andrew Miller in the postseason. But, um, yeah, I mean, Miller and Kluber would be huge. On the position player side, Carlos Santana also left tonight. Um, he looked pretty awkward on a swing that resulted in a pop-up, uh, kind of grimacing. And when he was initially going to stay in the game, it felt like maybe that was just mostly aggravation with popping the ball up. Uh, but it seems like he was probably in some sort of pain and tweaked something. 
Yeah, that one. Um, so they're saying that his was lower back tightness, which I guess is the worst thing in the world. That might just right. be like a, a day thing because, like you said, he tweaked it awkwardly. So maybe he's just uncomfortable for now. Maybe that is them being cautious now because I did hear he also wanted to stay in the game. So it's not quite as bad as Miller, I don't think. I'd be surprised if he misses. Side, they've been missing players here and there pretty much all season. But you yeah. know, Kip just got back recently and has looked pretty good. Uh, Lonnie Chisenhall had a big game for Columbus over the weekend and looks like you know, he's he's ready to be back. Uh, the last thing I read on Michael Brantley, I think, was yesterday. Uh, he was had kind of resumed. He wasn't cleared to run, but was resuming, like, hitting and throwing and stuff like that. And it feels like, you know, another couple weeks, he's supposed to be back. Now, when you uh, say Kipnis looking good, at sec- or looking good since he came back, are you comparing him to Eric Gonzalez? Because he hasn't yeah. looked great. <laughs> I think, I don't know. I've, I've, he's... I mean, he's striking out like a third of the time, and he's not like hitting very much. One of my the things I was going to bring up is like, are they better off keeping Giovanni Urshela at third because of his defense? Because even tonight he had a couple huge plays, and Kipnis has been pretty bad since he came back. I think. Oh, you babble about something for a few seconds while I pull up Kipnis. <laughs> Maybe I'm just like they're pretty I bad. I, like just thinking hits. about it, like not looking at anything, I, I would think yeah, too. He's been he's been pretty okay, but like since August sixth since he came back, he's striking out. Almost thirty percent of the time, and his defense is—it's Jason Kipnis' defense at second base, which is fine. But I mean, if Giovanni Rochelle—I wrote about it uh, last week. If he had even—or no, it was Merritt that wrote about it. But if he could even hit just just the tiniest bit, he would be a pretty exciting player. But he can't. But at least he's got the defense. And I think tonight he had—there were two balls that were like hit directly to him in the same inning. And then um, the Red Sox also had one hit over there, or the Indians hit one over there to the Red Sox third baseman. But I don't know. We've. I mean, we're talking about tiny samples here, but Kipnis has been back for like two weeks. And in the first week he was back, his numbers were miserable and sort of dragged down his overall line. But in the last week, his his OPS is 975. And again, that's a tiny sample. Uh, I mean, you know, you're, but he's got three home runs in the last week. Uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe, you know, some rust when he initially returned after missing a month. But the last week he's hit the ball really well. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm still glad he's back, but I don't know how. I don't know. Just Jason Kipnis after, after the injuries worried me for a while. Um, I do think he's better than Eric Gonzalez, obviously by a million miles. But I do kind of I love that infield of Urshela, Lindor, and Ramirez. Maybe that's why I'm I'm kind of <laughs> looking at his overall numbers instead, just because I love that okay, defense. So the much. guys who can't hit in the lineup, the Indians. I mean, tonight's home run aside, already have catchers who can't hit, and. If, if they're going to continue playing Bradley Zimmer, they're playing a center fielder who can't hit right now. Wow. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I know <laughs> you really want Bradley Zimmer to be great, and maybe he will. He's been terrible. Hey, he has like time. four hits in his last three games, Jason. Well, fine. <laughs> and he also has four hits in his last like 20 games. That's not important. That, those ones don't. Those ones don't count. <laughs> I mean, I, I I love Rochelle's defense too, but you you can't have three, four guys in the lineup for borderline automatic outs. And, you know, Kipnis, when healthy, is a significantly better player than Ursella is. And to me, the last week feels like he's gotten things going. And again, you know, it's only a week of baseball. But I feel like if you're looking at a guy returning from an injury, the most recent week is more important than the week before that one. Yeah. So enough of these players that are injured and and also not 
maybe not performing great. Let's talk about one who's just insane since he came over to the Indians. Jay Bruce, uh, coming into the night, he already has five doubles, three home runs. It's a really high OPS. I wrote a slash line. I'm not going to add it up. It's really high. Just trust me. Um, in Cleveland in his career, he's basically Ted Williams. Uh, Merritt wrote about that last week. He probably won't be that good in Cleveland forever, but on the road, he's been great. I think he had another hit tonight. So, holy cow. Did we just all line up and, like, I know Phil Karras, another let's go try writer. He was all over Jay Bruce being straight to the Indians. I didn't want it to happen. I thought it was dumb. I also didn't realize the Indians could get him for basically nothing. But now I just want to kind of, I don't know, just tell Phil I'm sorry and send him a gift basket and say thank you for <laughs> wanting the Indians to get Jay Bruce because it's it's worked out so far. Yeah, I mean, at this point, he's produced enough in you know, his first whatever dozen games with the team to have been worth significantly more than the Indians <laughs> gave up to get him, which was practically nothing. So, I mean, even if even if the bottom were to fall out tomorrow and he hardly did anything, it still would have been a good pickup since, you know, the 30% of his salary that he was still owed is almost literally all he costs. Uh, I mean, yeah, to me, with what what it took to get him, it was a no-brainer. Uh, and it's, it's funny to me that apparently the Indians only got him because the Yankees were trying to negotiate and didn't want to just pay the rest of his salary. So it's funny that the Indians were willing to spend more than the Yankees, and that's how they got the guy who's been their best hitter for the last couple of weeks. Uh, and, cheap. I mean, for the Mets, I mean, what? I, I, Mets won the World Series pretty recently. So on that <laughs> level, they, they're they a better team to have been rooting for in recent years than a lot of teams, just sort of automatically, I think. But aside from that, being a Mets fan has, the last, like, two years had to suck. Like, their ownership is terrible. They gave Bruce away for nothing just to avoid paying, like, the remaining $4 million on his contract. The They can't keep the roster healthy at all to the point where there's, I think, at least semi-legitimate questions about the competency of their medical staff because so many of their players get hurt and continue to get hurt. And they let players try to play through injuries, and then the injuries get worse, like... The Mets are a disaster, and I'm thrilled that the Indians were able to capitalize that and get Jay Bruce for free, basically. Yeah, don't forget they also traded Curtis Granderson and the Dodgers for cash. That was it. Yeah. I mean, he's not great anymore, but still, you, you think you get more than cash for Curtis Granderson, no matter how old he is. Yeah, I mean, I know they're not the Yankees, but they play in the biggest market in the country. There's no reason they should be nickel and diming everything. There's no good reason they should be nickel and diming everything. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. And, I mean, remember the whole Noah Syndergaard thing where he decided he wanted to pitch? And yeah, that's pitched, what I mean. Hurt and... get hurt and then are able to convince the team that it's not that big a deal. Like, I mean, and, 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 I mean he's the maybe the most high-profile example, but there's a ton of them. Like, I just heard Steven Motz has been injured for a while and trying to pitch through it and now probably needs surgery. It's like, why do you have your young pitchers trying to – like, your season is done. If someone's pitching through pain, shut them down. What are you fools doing? <laughs> are you gonna? You should send them an angry letter, Jason. Just, just start with what are you, dear Mets? What are you fools uh, doing? Uh, stop the process that's giving the Indians <laughs> that's true. thirty-five home runs a season for free. Although if, they're too, if they keep being this bad, who are they going to have? The Indians are going to want to take off of them soon. Well, yeah, I mean that's a fair point, but. So those Indians, uh, with Jay Bruce, with the, all the injuries, with everything else, with a tough schedule, they're now five games up, at least as of now, uh, over the Royals in the AL Central. Um, the Royals and Twins are kind of battling, I guess, for second place at this point for a wild card. 
And this is all with the Indians. We talked about it last time we had a podcast. They have a, a very hard schedule in August, and they've just kind of been pretty good with it. <laughs> they, um, yeah, they dominated the Rays, of course, and Tropicana. That is another reminder to not get too caught up in what the schedule looks like for a stretch of time. Because the, the difference between a tough schedule and an easy schedule in terms of the expect win expectancy for the month you're talking about probably like a two win difference and not that two wins isn't anything um but i think to some extent we probably blew out of proportion uh what an ordeal august was likely to be but yeah the indians have been playing really well uh you know the twins are in second and i think you know depending on how the games tonight shake out uh it'll be like a four and a half five and a half or six and a half game lead for the indians uh, yeah, I mean, taking two out of three from the Twins and then taking two out of three from the Royals was was a great week. Yeah, and it's, I know the, the win expectancy is very minimal, but I, I do think it makes a difference if you're playing a bunch of good teams versus playing a bunch of bad teams. You still have to be the better team, obviously, but I don't know. I think there is a an aspect of the schedule is harder in August, and they just kind of beat up everybody on it. It didn't really matter. And it's going to get harder now. They're going to play the Red Sox three more times, the Royals again, and then the Yankees. I'll go throw the Yankees there. But that's not getting harder. That's just that's true. playing <laughs> they already played and just yeah. playing them again. Like, it's just kind of a repeat of what they've already done. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, like, it's harder to play good teams than to play bad teams, but it's just not... I don't know. Baseball just isn't structured the way, like, the NBA is, where, like, if you were playing, you know all the best teams or tough teams in a month you'd expect to have, you know, a different, a wider variance than in baseball. Yeah. And as far as the second place team goes, um, those twins, man, <laughs> my, uh, preseason thing of them, or not, maybe it wasn't preseason, but whenever we said they were going to be second, I'm not looking so bad on that anymore. And it's for the reasons I thought too, because they have a bunch of young players on offense who could be really good and they started to be good, but now Miguel Sano is injured. So he just killed my whole thing. Like, the division just sucks. It's just the Indians and trash. <laughs> it is, but like, we 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 talked about who could be second in that trash heap, and you you said the Royals, and I think did you say the Tigers or the Royals? The Tigers, and then the Tigers. Oh wow, you're. But again, yeah, wins and losses. The Twins are much better. Run differential. The Twins are just as trash as the Tigers. Is. The Tigers are. It's now, just a crap division that the Indians are fortunately capitalizing on. Now, Jason, I don't know if you, uh, I know you don't listen to broadcasts very often, but if, if Mr. Rick Manning, he said run differentials don't matter. So, so I don't think that matters. What Rick Manning said <laughs> and what matters have very, very little overlap in that Venn diagram. Because <laughs> if you win, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if you win by one. All you want is those wins. And it was funny as he was saying that during the broadcast, they had a little um, graphic that showed the run differential and it was like perfectly in order of the wins and losses of teams. <laughs> like it was... While he was saying stupid stuff, it was disproving him as he was going. It, it was pretty great. Well, and run differential makes the Indians... I mean, the Indians' record at this point is pretty good, but the run differential is, is better than their, their record is at this point. By run differential, they're the second-best team in the American League. Yeah, and his, his argument is basically it doesn't matter, because as long as you get the wins. Them wins, Brian, Jason. Them wins, well, and the he has, like a very narrow point that yes, like the standings are determined by wins and losses, and anyone who's not a moron understands that and doesn't need to be told that. Yes. But I'm not going to try to explain anything to Rick Manning, a because he's not listening, and b because even <laughs> if he were, I couldn't convince him of anything. 
And I think the the thing you use run differential for is like last year with the Rangers because they were winning a bunch of one run games, and it was you could have looked at that and said maybe they're not going to be great in the playoffs, and they weren't great in the playoffs. Um, yeah. So anything else about the Indians and their they're taking the division by storm apparently at this point? Uh, a it's totally possible their lead is four and a half games in tonight. In which case, I'll feel good, but it's not like they've got it wrapped it up. Uh, B, this is where they should have been all season, is you know comfortably ahead of the rest of the division, and I'm I'm glad it's happening. Um, but I think the current state of affairs tells us more about how sort of middling the Indians were for four months than anything else. I'm glad they're they've gotten it going now and. Again, if they can get everyone healthy at the same time, then I think they've got as good a chance to win the American League as anyone else. Do you see them going to like any kind of competition for the second or even first seed at this point? Because the, the Astros aren't that far ahead. Um, the, the Red Sox I, I, are definitely in range, and the, the Astros aren't very far. I could certainly see them catching Boston. I think they're you know three games behind Boston. So if they win three of the four games in this series, they'll have shrunk that to only a game. Um I still don't think they're going to catch Houston. I mean, you're right. Houston has not been playing especially well. Um, but I think the Indians are still something like seven games behind them. And making up seven games in a quarter of the season is a pretty tall order. Yeah. and Yeah, as long as they got the division, I think they have that pretty much wrapped. Or not. I don't know. You said you don't. Do, I think they pretty much do. It would have to be a collapse. I'd call it a collapse at this point if they don't win it. It'd oh, be no, a collapse I mean, all season long if they didn't win it just because it's so bad. For first place, I said I, you know, thought they'd win the division. They're just—they're the only team that's not bad in the division. So, <laughs> excuse me, the Twins are not are bad, bad, Jason. <laughs> Those they're Twins are going to get a wild card spot. You watch. Bad than the rest of the division. The American League right now—I mean, this season has like four good teams, a handful of okay ones, and a few crummy ones. Like the wild card race is bonkers and. I'm hoping there's like a four-way tie in some sort of ridiculous, you know, series of winner-go-home games would be fun. Um, it's fun because the Indians aren't involved in it. We should yeah, clarify. None of those teams <laughs> in the fight for the second wildcard team are actually good teams. It's just one not good team is going to get to play in the wildcard game and, and then maybe go on to win the World Series. Who knows? <laughs> because gay playoffs. Um. So yeah, that's all our, our scheduled stuff. But uh, but every Monday, every Thursday, what what day is this? Monday. Every Monday, we ask you guys on Facebook and Twitter if you guys have questions. Um, we didn't do it this week, but last week we did, and then we didn't do the podcast. Um, but Jason Gruber last week, he asked, is Corey Kluber a lock for the AL Cy Young, right? Um, I mean, first of all, he doesn't have as many, he hasn't pitched as much as Chris Sale. And even if they were even, um, just as the way his rate stats are now, Sale leads in pretty much everything, like strikeout white, rock rate. ERA, FIP, it's all close, but Sale leads. And so combine that with the fact that Sale has so many more innings pitched and that's the counting stats, I don't see any way that Kluber beats him at this point. It's definitely not a lock for Kluber, but it's probably closer than it has any right to be, but I don't think Kluber's going to win it by any means. No, I mean, if Sale doesn't get hurt or have the bottom completely fall out, it's going to be hard for anyone but Chris Sale to win the AL Cy Young this year. And Kluber... Will probably, if he stays healthy, uh, will probably be second and will have had a fantastic season. Um, but yeah, like you said, the the, the innings difference is going to make it really, really hard for him to deserve or actually win the Cy Young this year. Yeah, but just the fact that it's even this close is incredible, considering how bad he was at the beginning and he missed time. And 
pitches in the American League for you know five years now. So it's it's fun that they're both pitching so well this season. Yeah. Then uh, Scott three B on Twitter. He wants to know what's your over under on how many players past five uh, Fangraphs WAR. I'd say less than five, but more than two. Um, I would just say two. <laughs> I'm going to say Ramirez on offense and Kluber pitching. R- Lindor is the closest next position player. I don't know if he'll get to five. He'd have to be really good over the last month and a half. Um, what do you think, Jason? Is two about the right number? Or do you have anybody else who might sneak in there? Uh, yeah, I mean, Carrasco's the other guy who, in theory, could get there, but it would take a pretty fantastic last quarter of the season from him. Uh, you know, Lindor could get there, but again, it would take, you know, I mean, he's been playing really, really well for a month now, and I don't know what his war was at a month ago. I would guess if he kept up his numbers from the last 30 games for the next 40 games, he'd be really, really close to five. But that's a lot to ask, to, to keep up his level of production from the last month. Um, yeah, I think, you know, Kluber's already there. Ramirez is on pace to get there. Um, I think it's more likely that Ramirez doesn't get there and it's just Kluber than that a third player joins it. I would bet on two, but if it's not two, I would I would bet on it being only one rather than it being three. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. Fine. Five war season is a great season. Like, that the Indians are going to have, you know, four guys with four war instead, uh, you know, is not some sort of terrible news or anything like that. Yeah, and they also have, like, the, the Edwins and Santana who don't play defense, and when they do, it's not very good, so their war is never great, but... They hit the ball really well, so they're not a not a terrible team overall, even if they don't have a bunch of five war players, because that is a pretty high mark to hit, I think. Yep. So, Jason, um, as we talked about a little bit, upcoming schedule, uh, got the Red Sox another three games. I don't know what happened tonight, if they've won or lost yet. They're, they're over. Fourth, tied 4-4 four to four in the ninth at the moment. Oh, good. Let's extend this pointless game. Everybody's getting injured. Awesome. Let's do that. <laughs> I want more of that. But anyway, they'll finish this up. They'll play the Royals again, and then they'll play the Yankees, which... For me, is my mini World Series every time I play the Yankees because I'm surrounded by so many Yankee fans that I need them to win it for my soul. So the last one was rough. That was when they split the two versus two. I had I had a couple bets on that, um, and it, it just split. So at least there's no splitting this time when they play the Yankees. Well, you say that now if they get swept, you're <laughs> gonna they had won one and a half games somehow. <laughs> win one game and have. Well, they have to do like lead at the half and then have it postponed and it never gets made up or something crazy. Yeah. So what do you got coming up exciting in the next week or so? I've got a, a school year starting and a couple dozen or so fourth graders about to either make my life a <laughs> wonderful, joyous uh, exploration of learning or <laughs> a hellish slog through the next nine and a half months. Do you see a lot of like baseball? Like I don't know kids besides my own. Really, is there like a lot of kids with baseball backpacks? And I don't think kids trade baseball cards anymore. I but know. I don't know if I've ever seen a baseball backpack on one of my students. I have kids who are into baseball. Uh, I mean, really, I, no I, baseball backpacks. I don't, like, is that just like a backpack with like a baseball team on it? Yeah, because I'm I'm not even like a main city. I'm in I'm just in the New York range, and I've seen a Yankees one. No, it's all, I mean, it's either like a plain backpack or like a backpack with like fictional characters on it. That's lame. Although it's better than a Cubs one, I guess. <laughs> or, or better than a Yankees one. <laughs> yeah, it's way better than a Yankees one. Being in Chicago, as you would imagine, last, 
last year at this time, I had quite a few kids who were into baseball and kids who missed school to attend various parades that I'd rather not get into. Uh, it's cool yeah, that there's, happens. There's baseball fans. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of kids that are like actually watching a ton of baseball for no other reason than they have to go to bed long before a baseball game tends yeah. to end. Yeah. But yeah, I'd say baseball's fairly popular where I live. That's good. Yeah, I never know because I've only been to like Cleveland a couple times. Like I've never been in big major cities that have teams and it's always weird. Like everybody likes the same team there. I'm not used to it. I don't know. It's weird. But my son, he is trained to like, when he sees the Yankees logo, he knows those are the bad guys. Okay. It's like that kid with the Yankees backpack. He's like, he has a backpack with the bad guys. It's like, yes. I did something right. <laughs> All right, Punch Jason. him, daddy. Punch him. <laughs> Take him out. That is our podcast for this week, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening. Hopefully the Indians win. Hopefully nobody else gets injured. And fuck it. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.